Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Triple Threat Podcast. We are so excited that you decided to tune in to the Triple Threat Podcast. I am DJ Shockley along with my man Scott Davidson, who I call Scotty D. Scotty D, what's happening, man? What's up, man? I'm I'm excited about uh, a lot of stuff going on right now. It's 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 kind of a dead period, but it's uh you know all I'm really watching is NBA. But there's a lot of a lot of things happening in, in off seasons in football and baseball. So it's a uh, it's a pretty interesting time to be watching what's going on. No doubt. Are you a big fan of spam? Uh, people who can't see it, my man Scotty D got on a spam shirt, and maybe I should leave my man Scotty D in his shirts alone because my wife asked me. Why did you mess with Scotty D about his Virginia shirt? I said, what do you mean? <laughs> I just asked him about it. So maybe I should stay away from Scotty D's shirt because my wife said I should leave you alone about your shirt. Do you like spam? What's going on? Is that just a, a shirt no. you say, hey, I like to rock or what's going on? No, who likes spam, man? Nobody likes spam. I don't like spam on my sandwich. I don't like spam <laughs> in my email inbox. I don't like spam calls on my phone. Yeah. I don't like any of it. I hate, man. I hate. I got to. I got a nice uh, sweatshirt. People who can't see it, it says "Blessed and Highly Favored," and this is a uh, sweatshirt that my wife made. Uh, Scotty D, I still got to get you your triple threat shirt yeah. uh, my, that my wife made. So my wife started a new business, and uh, my wife's name. You know how we we were talking about coming up with a name for the triple threat for our podcast, mm-hmm. and my wife came up with this pretty cool, um, you know, saying for her uh, new business. Um, and her name is Portia Shockley, but mm-hmm. it's called PS, like, like at the end of a, at the end of a, uh, end letter. Of a letter or something, you say PS, yeah. but then it says PS, it's custom. So I was like, by the way, PS, it's custom. It's custom. I like, that is pretty cool. Like, yeah. think about it, by the way, it's custom and it got yeah. her initials in it, P and S for Portia Shockley, but it's P.S. I thought that was pretty creative, man. My wife's pretty smart yeah. like that, man. So uh, We need to get her more involved in, in, in our marketing, that's for sure. <laughs> I know she's smart, man. She for makes sure. some good shirts, too, man. Yeah, man, you see, that's why I matter, man. She's a uh, smart gal, man. She makes me look good, so. By the way, if you want to see our shirts, we are on YouTube every week, too, so make sure you guys you guys want to watch. You know, we're on YouTube. Don't forget that. For sure. How do people find it? They just type in our name? That's how they find you on YouTube? Uh, I think the best way to, to search anything we have is triple threat Shockley. That's the way to do it. Cool. There it is. All right, man. We're going to get cranked up and talk about some good things today. Like you mentioned, a lot of stuff going on, man. Baseball's cranking up. Basketball got a lot going on for to get into the all-star break. Still a lot of free agency stuff going on in football. A lot of big name players are moving around. And one of the first big names I want to bring up is J.J. Watt. Mutually agreed to part ways this earlier this week. Uh, with the Houston Texans, and there's an uproar uh, about where he should land, where he should go. Uh, a couple of suitors that are on the table, the Cleveland Browns have come up. The Pittsburgh Steelers been able to go play with his bros in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the Tennessee Titans, who could absolutely need some pass rush as they struggled last year in the pass rush game. Clowney went down for a little bit. They tried Vic Beasley. That didn't work out. So they're looking for a pass rusher. Maybe the Tennessee Titans – is a place to go playing for a guy like Babel, man. I think it might be a good fit for him, man. What did you think about uh, the Texans 
mutually parting ways with their other big time star and face of the organization who had been there, you know, a whole decade and JJ Watt. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest of the biggest names right there. And um, I, I, I look at it from a couple standpoints. I don't think there's anybody that doesn't like JJ Watt. So if, if he's, if he's going on to try to compete for a ring somewhere, which is obviously what, what, you know, what he wants, you're happy for him. I'm just curious how you feel about the different ways they've treated JJ and Deshaun. Now I see it. I see a pretty big difference. The fact that JJ is on, on, he's on the, you know, he's, he's, he's wrapping his career up. He's definitely on the second half right, while right. Deshaun is a franchise cornerstone. That's got a lot of time left. So I can see how they want to uh, you know, how they, they, they're trying to cling to him still. You think it's, you think it's a fair, fair way, the way they treated the two of them differently. Well, I think part of it is Deshaun Watson is a franchise quarterback mm -hmm. and he's a guy that absolutely changed your organization mm -hmm. and he just signed a new deal. So he's got four yeah. or five years left on that deal as in JJ Watt, I think had maybe one year left on the deal and really no guaranteed money, all that kind of stuff. So I think financially it is still something that is uh, up and roar for Deshaun um, I think they just have some differences in, you know, how they feel about each other. That's the biggest thing. Now, J.J. Watt, like you mentioned, I think obviously uh, – I think he's supposed to be like 17, 18 million on the cap next year uh, mm -hmm. with that salary. Uh, and like you mentioned, he's on the back end of that thing. He's still a productive player. Right. But is he worth that much money for your team? And not having another guy on the other side really is a big factor for him. Think about when yeah. he had Clowney on the other side. You know, he still was getting off without him, but – he was even more productive when he had another pass rush on the other side of him. So yeah. uh, what J.J. Watt ends up, man, I think it's going to be interesting. I think he's going somewhere where he wants to win. I don't think he's going to go somewhere where he's thinking about, all right, I'm just trying to, you know, make a couple more checks. I'm trying to, right. uh, you know, just play my career out and see how much I can get out of it. I think he wants to win a Super Bowl. Obviously, he played 10 years in the game, made a bunch of money, um, mm -hmm. has done well outside of football. So I don't think the money part of it was a big thing for him. I think chasing that ring is most important to watch. Yeah. Yeah. That's other, what I think too. Yeah. Other, other big names, man, to talk about big Ben, man. Uh, I read earlier this week, big Ben and the GM Kevin Colbert does not commit to bringing big Ben back. And obviously a lot of that has to do with the contract that he's got. Uh, they made it clear. He has to restructure that contract Right now, Big Ben under contract has a massive $41.25 million cap hit for the 21 season, and the Steelers are $30 million over the cap right now with where they're at right now. So I think something has to happen, though, and I say something's going to happen pretty soon because March 19th, Jay, I mean, uh, Big Ben is due a $15 million roster bonus. They already said he has to restructure it. I don't know if they're going to give him 15 meals. So something's going to happen by March 19th. Either they restructure that deal or Big Ben, if he still wants to play football, will be in a different hometown. Well, that's going to be interesting because, you know, who, who else is on their depth chart at quarterback? Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph, and, bro. And Josh Dobbs. You think Mason Rudolph is a franchise quarterback? Bro, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. No, okay. No, 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 no. I like, hey. I, 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 I see, I see all quarterback knowledge to you, but yeah, I didn't think so either, but uh, that just, that'll make things, in, you know, throw, you throw another hat in the mix, uh, you know, another person out there looking for a, a, a new uniform, a new if team. Big ben, if Big Ben doesn't come back to the Steelers, who you think 
can fill that void for him? Is it a guy mm-hmm. like Jameis Winston? Guy like Jimmy, Mar- Jim- Marcus Mariota? I Jimmy mean, Garoppolo? Jimmy Garoppolo? You think you think Jimmy G can go to uh, – well, he was in New England for a little bit, but you think he can go to Pittsburgh? You think he fits that style? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> He does. I mean, nobody, not many people fit what Big Ben was. So that's a hard, you know, that's a hard person to, to replace. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, I think he's, I think he's toast, but, but for, you know, for a long time, he, he was hard to bring down. He, you know, the, one of the hardest guys to sack ever, you know, no doubt, no doubt. Um, so I don't know who fits that mold. Um, I still, J- Jameis Winston still is not somebody I want on my team until yeah. he proves, till he proves me wrong. No doubt, no doubt. Hey, man, uh, before we go any further, I want to let people know, we got my man Kirk Morrison joining the show here in a little bit. He's going to come on and talk. A, we talk a lot about the East Coast. Me and Scotty D are on this East Coast. We love East Coast. We are all about uh, all the different sporting teams on this side, but we're going to take it to the West with my man Kirk. He knows everything, what's going on on the West Coast, and we're going to talk to him about a familiar foe in Matthew Stafford who mm-hmm. is going over to the Rams. Kirk does some pre and post game stuff for the Rams. So he has a unique take on what he think will happen there. And then, you know, we'll talk about his career out at San Diego state. So Kirk played eight years in the league. It'd be fun to talk to him, man. Good friend of mine. I look forward to talking to him in a little bit. Uh, other news. Let's talk about Carson Wentz, man. Carson Wentz seems to be out of Philly. And a lot of the question marks come around. Who is Carson Wentz? Is he the guy that was the possible MVP or is he the guy we saw last year that threw 15 interceptions and 16 touchdowns was benched for Jalen Hurts. And that's the other part is Jalen Hurts. The guy we saw him play. He played in 15 games last year, started the you know last four uh, of the season, but did he do enough for you Scotty to say that Jalen Hurts can be your franchise player? If you're going to move on from Carson Wentz, then I think he, he, he did enough for me to take a longer look at him, especially being on a, on, on a, his initial contract. I mean, he was just a rookie, you know. So, right. Um, the 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 Eagles, I don't think are are in a position to go to the Super Bowl next year or probably the year after. I wouldn't think so. I think they've got. I think that they have the interest enough in him to to you know see where this goes for the next year or two for sure. Yeah, a lot of possibilities. I think for Carson Wentz, though, I still think he's a talented dude. Uh, has all the skill sets to be a really good player in the league. He's shown it in the league. He just struggled mm-hmm. last year. Not sure what happened to him. Not sure. Uh, did he lack some confidence? But last last season, he didn't look like the Carson Wentz that everybody thought was deserving of the $100 million contract that he got. So we'll see mm-hmm. if Carson Wentz ends up in a place like Indy or, if, you know, you get a trade and he goes out to San Fran and, you know, gets around Kyle Shanahan. You never know where the QB pool will take him. As we know, Stafford has already taken off to L.A. So we'll see what else falls in line uh, with Carson Wentz going forward uh, this season. Baseball, man. Pitchers and catchers reported to camp earlier this week. Uh, I am a big fan of baseball. I grew up loving baseball. Uh, and, Scotty D, I know you like a little baseball yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, your, your son plays baseball. He's all into it. You guys buy $5,000 bats and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> you guys are all into it. Uh, uh, we'll see what happens as baseball season approaches. But are you excited? I mean, baseball yeah. season is here. And the pitchers and catchers are reporting. I mean, does that do anything for you at all? Yeah, very similar to the NFL. There was a really big, really, really, really big offseason. Uh, a lot of big names moving. Francisco Lindor, you know, got traded to the Mets. Um, a lot of the, the Padres made a bunch of signings. 
Um, they're they're trying to step up and be competitive with the uh, the Dodgers and, and right. backtrack a little bit. The the Braves re-signing uh, Marcelo Zuna the other day was was huge for them. I know their fans wanted it. Um, they also signed Charlie Martin, Charlie Morton, a, a, an experienced veteran pitcher. Yeah. Um, they I think they improved a little bit. Um, unfortunately for them, I think that some of the teams in their division improved a lot. Um, so it's, 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 I think it's going to be a really competitive division for the Braves and the Mets and nationals and even the Phillies, if they can put it together. National league, always tough, man. Especially <clears throat> National league East too, always really tough to get out of there. It's kind of like the NFC South, man. It's hard to get out of the NFC South, just like it is in baseball and the Braves and the Mets. I mean, uh, it just seems like they're always pretty good. So, uh, baseball season on the horizon, but for now it's all about basketball as yeah. we head to the all-star break. Obviously, there have been a lot of players who have kind of said their disgust with having the All-Star game. LeBron talked about, yeah, I physically be there, but mentally I won't be there. Uh, The mayor of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottom, said, hey, this should be a TV uh, event only. Uh, Don't come here to party. Uh, So everybody's still trying to stay safe, and the players are not even really into being in the All-Star game. And as we get to that that midpoint, uh, Anthony Davis has been out for a little bit with an aggravated Achilles. And if this is something that can linger on for the entire part of the season into mm-hmm. the postseason, my question, Scotty D, is does this make the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, the outright favorite now as they, you know, get their continuity with, you know, just the other day, Kyrie told James Harden, he's the point guard now. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie obviously is a big-time player. Then, you know, the big long one, KD. Uh, is one of the top players in the NBA, no doubt. So is Brooklyn the favorite now if the Lakers do not have Anthony Davis for the foreseeable future? Ain't no wrong with a dog barking in the background. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that I think that they um, Kyrie and Durant have missed a bunch of games already too. Yeah. So I think that that I think that 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 um, they're certainly the favorite on paper. Um, and I think that the Bucks have, have kind of, the Bucks have not shown, you know, uh, uh, I think they've stepped back. I think they've regressed a little bit. So I think the Nets are certainly the favorite to come out of the East, assuming that their guys can stay on the court. Now, I think they're, go- they're going to go into load management mode for sure, because let's face it, the East is pretty weak. So yeah. they should be able to get out of there pretty, pretty, pretty safely. Um, but, you know, the, I think Anthony Davis, if, if it were me, would they say three to four weeks uh, for him? I mm-hmm. think they need to be very conservative with, with when they bring him back. Um, yeah. You know, he, he's still a young guy. So he's, he's, he's just let him heal up and um, make sure he's a hundred percent before he's ready to go. Yeah. I mean, what's your plan? I mean, obviously you want to play for that top seed. You want to make sure mm-hmm. you get that seed so that, you know, you, you got the easier path to the finals. Um, but Anthony Davis is a huge part of it. And LeBron needs Anthony Davis a part of their lineup yeah. if they want to make a, a run back at the finals. And they're going to need it because when you play the Nets, guess what? All three of those guys can go for 30 together on any mm-hmm. given night. And mm-hmm. I look at it like, how how can you beat those three guys four games in a series? That's going to be tough for anybody. And that's going to be tough for the Lakers. I mean, so uh, the Nets are definitely a team that if they find that conduit, they, they continue to be uh, healthy. They got a good chance of running, uh, I think, into their finals, like you mentioned. You know, the East won't be as tough as the West, for sure, with the Clippers and everybody on that side. Utah. Uh, yeah, Jazz are, Jazz are serious. 
playing some good ball. And, you know, we, we saw just how good they were last postseason in the bubble. So uh, looking forward to the basketball season. Man, I really cranked that thing up once the playoffs start, you know, getting underway and them boys really get serious. That's when I really watch the playoffs. Man, I really watch basketball. So uh, I, I'll stay tuned until then. But uh, that's when I really get, get cranked up. Uh, last thing I want to talk about, Scotty D, uh, I know you want to talk a little free agency here towards the end, but I saw the LA Galaxy sign a kid by the name of Alex Alcala. He's a Mexican teenager. He's 15 years old. They signed him to a major league soccer contract with the LA Galaxy. Now, he's playing for the Galaxy 2 right now, but how he came about was he trained with Manchester City and Barcelona after his skills were videoed and went viral in Mexico. So he was doing some stuff uh, uh, online and all these teams saw him. And now the LA Galaxy has signed a 15-year-old kid. What if your son did something crazy in baseball? And yeah. at 15 years old, your favorite team, the Los Angeles Dodgers, says, we want you to play for us. Would you let your son right now go and go play for the feeder team for the Dodgers? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, go get major so you, league instruction, so you, of course. So that's a really that's a that's such a cool story. You know, you hear about it sometimes with singers being found on online and and stuff like that. So right, right. I, 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 uh, kickers. I mean, there's been a couple of kickers that that have uh, found their way to to scholarships by being on you know taking videos. So it's a it's an awesome story. And and what 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 an experience from a a kid from, you know, I don't know what, if he's from the city or from, you know, a rural right, area right. or what, but what, what an experience to go to Barcelona and to England to train with those two teams. I mean, Crazy. that's, 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 that's a heck of an experience. So happy for the kid for sure. And, 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 and hopefully that's, that's life changing money for his, for his family and everything. So that's, that's really cool, man. I hope, hope yeah. Hopefully things go old, well. Bro. Can you remember when you were 15 and they said you can go play with a professional team? I'm like, that's crazy. <sighs> I mean, just to, I mean, who you gonna talk to, bro? For real, like, what you gonna talk about? These dudes grown. These dudes 30, yeah. 35 years old, and you fifteen. What y'all gonna talk about, bro? These dudes ain't, ain't caring about TikTok and all that, man. He can hang out with their kids. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, man. That's crazy. So, man. Um, last but not least, uh, I know you mentioned before we came on some of these free agents that are out there. Uh, let's run through a couple of those free agents and see if they have some staying power or we feel. They may find a new home. Yeah, there's a there's a lot, man. There's a lot of a lot of people out there that I think are going to be looking for big contracts. Um, I think that the I think that the wide receiver market's going to be pretty pretty big. Uh, you got Sammy Watkins, you got Kenny Gall Galladay, uh, Chris Godwin, Antonio yeah. Brown. I mean, a ton of ton of receivers out there going to be looking for big contracts. And then uh, you got somebody like uh, Leonard Fournette, who who you know got got released yeah. at the beginning of last season and it ends up being a key piece of, of a, a championship team. Yeah. Um, you know, Nelson Aguilar is another receiver, uh, Aaron Man. Jones running back. A lot of receivers. Um, yeah. So you, you got any, any of these, any of these names uh, of interest to you? Well, you know what, what, what really stuck out to me was you named three guys from the bucks and I know they got some mm -hmm. guys on the defensive side as well. I think Shaq Barrett is another guy who's up for uh, a new contract. So they got, four or five pieces on that Bucks team that mm -hmm. need to get paid. And yep. they said, let's run it back. Let's, you know, but all these guys just won a Super Bowl. So guess what they're going to say? I got some value. Yep. <laughs> you know, I just yep. helped us win a Super Bowl. 
And all three of those guys had big value this year. Fournette was a huge component for what they did uh, later in the season. Godwin mm-hmm. was killing every all year long. Antonio Brown came in and had 45 catches, you know, uh, through the, the second half of the season. Shaq Barrett, we saw him in the in the Super Bowl making plays. So this is a, a Bucks team that's going to be interesting to see how they can get all these guys paid and under cap. And uh, I know you mentioned Gronk as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Does Gronk, you know, just fly off in the sunset because he got him another ring? Or I think he goes one more with Brady, man. Because Brady signed a two-year deal. Why not go out with Brady and see if they can do it again? Yeah. If not, guess what? And then he ain't playing as much either. You know, I mean, he right. was taking a third guy too. So he wasn't getting pounded on like he was in New England and True. had to take every snap. So uh, a lot of these guys, you know, another guy who was intriguing, who you mentioned, Aaron Jones. Uh, out of Green Bay. Yeah. And Aaron Jones is nice. He is nice. And what you know he's nice is when Aaron Rodgers said, I want to make sure this guy gets paid. Because yeah. he knows how good and how important he was to that offense. So, Aaron Jones coming back to the Packers, I think, will be a huge deal uh, for him coming up this season. We'll see if they get a chance to, to re-sign it. Yeah. To, to me, Aaron Jones is potentially top three running back in the league. You yeah. got you got uh, Saquon, who, you know, hopefully he, he's able to come back from, from um, you know, from, from his injury again. Um, and then, um, Nick Chubb, bro. Nick, Nick Chubb. Chubb. Yeah, Chubb. sure. Ballers, I, I put Aaron Jones in that top <laughs> five all day. Sure. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. No, Nick Chubb's awesome, man. Chubby's the dude, man. No doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. We got my man Kirk Morrison finna join the show here in a minute. Gonna jump on. We're gonna chop it up with him. Talk some San Diego State. Talk some West Coast. Talk the Rams. Uh, talk about his eight year career as well, man. My man Kirk Morrison coming up next on the Triple Threat Podcast. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to the Triple Threat Podcast. And I told you I had my man coming on, longtime buddy of mine, man, living out on the West Coast. I say we talked a lot about the East Coast on the podcast, so <laughs> I had to bring my boy out here who got all things going in the West Coast. Welcome to the show, my man, Kurt Morris, eight-year NFL vet, my dude doing it all. He on radio, he on TV, he on Sirius, he do pre and post game for the Rams. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, Kurt, welcome to the show. What's up, bro? Uh, finally bringing some West Coast flavor to this show, right? <laughs> no Somebody doubt. who didn't go to the University of Georgia about to come in here <laughs> and wreck shop, all right? Uh, it wasn't a Falcon, no, but, man, I'm, I'm pleased to be on. Obviously, you already know I'm a big fan of yours. Uh, like I said, guy who I call a friend, man. love all the work that you do as well. So when I got the invitation, I'm like, let's go. I got to go lay, lay some tracks down for my boy DJ. No doubt. I appreciate it, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, obviously, uh, we definitely want to talk about some things that's going out on the West Coast. Obviously, you, you got you got your hand and a pulse on the Rams, and uh, you're talking about all these Georgia boys, but y'all just got a Georgia boy out there <laughs> yeah. to the Rams, and uh, everybody's pretty excited about the staff. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but before we jump into the Rams and all that, we let the people know about my man, Kirk. My man, dude, but my man was a two-sport star in high school. I ain't know you, <laughs> you, you did. You dabbled in some track and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Uh what got you into, you know, track, bro? I mean, what was the deal there? <laughs> well, anytime you can get uh, in that second semester of junior and senior year and you can get out in school, ended at three and you can get out at one o'clock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> coach, what, what, you, what, what you need for me on the track? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you need what? Shot put today? What we doing? Long jump? 
No man, hey, look, just because I competed didn't mean I was good, but, yeah. but I competed. But <laughs> was nah, there. man. But you know, my first love was baseball. So I came in playing baseball since the age of six. And okay. I played baseball honestly all the way until my junior year of high school. Okay. So um I just couldn't make the throw from third to first once I started hitting the weights <laughs> and playing, you know, that football. Boy too, that boy was too thick upstairs. Man, man. I was man, I, but I, actually I was a smaller guy back then, man. I was oh, about yeah. I was about 198 soaking wet my senior year, right? Yeah. But when it came to baseball, when I got to about my junior year, um, you, one thing about Kirk was he either gonna hit a home run or he's striking out. He's gonna get one or the <laughs> other. I wasn't I wasn't hitting for average, I wasn't doing that. But I remember my high school coach brought me to the side and said, Look here. Um, I love what you're doing. I love that you're playing multiple sports and doing all that, but your focus uh, for you to act, to get an athletic scholarship, you don't have to focus on football because that's your mm -hmm. best bet. Um, I did that, focused on football, you know, ended up getting a scholarship to San Diego State uh, and went from San Diego State, had a great career there, you know, won a couple of uh, Defensive Player of the Year awards, uh, first team all-conference three years in a row, got drafted mm -hmm. to the Raiders in the third round mm -hmm. um, in the 2005 NFL draft. Uh, led the team in tackles all five seasons. Led the rookies in tackles. Actually, my freshman year. See, see, see this why. This why when you talk yeah. to fellow dudes who are on TV who know how to uh, kind of lay out a plan of somebody, he already went through the whole biography before we got to it. That's when you know <laughs> the dude know what he's doing because he know the steps where I'm headed already. He oh, trying man. to take off. Let's no, slow baby. down, Kurt. We, we can't we can't speed bump over some of these things in your career. We got to make sure people oh, yeah. know exactly <laughs> who you are. Now let's gotcha. go back. Let's go back. Now yeah. you, you you won a couple high school championships uh, in high school. Uh, obviously, you were highly recruited. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about the process of going from high school to college. How did you mm. get to San Diego State? What was the key piece that said, "All right, this is a place where I want to be and further my athletic and academic career." Uh, it was easy. Uh, I took a recruiting trip second week of December and it was 75 degrees and sunny. I said, where I, where, <laughs> hey, where I sign up at, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? No doubt. Um, honestly, I, I would, took a couple other trips, University of Washington. It was raining. Uh, UNLV went there <laughs> and, um, you know, they were kind of in a transition of a program uh, and San Diego was, was just, it was a great city. And yeah. I always remember something that my my college coach, uh, the great Ted Toner, uh, coached in the NFL for a while, also a longtime coach at San Diego State. He told me that, you look, when you think about a college, whether it's San Diego State or anywhere else, I want you to always, you know, remember this. What do you envision yourself for after college? And this is, but I wouldn't even think about the NFL yet, but right. where do you see yourself after college? Is this a place that you can call home? This is a place that you feel like you can uh, live after college. And man, I swear, every time I fly into San Diego, um, just the, the, the view of downtown, I still get chills from the first time I did that right, right, on my right. high school recruiting trip. So I knew that was the place that I wanted to be. Right. And uh, I never even thought about the NFL. It was just about honestly being school, being the first you know person in my family to go get a college degree. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. And, you know, to kind of segue into what you've done and where you're at, uh, I want to be the first to wish you a happy birthday. I did my homework <laughs> on my dude, my dude's yeah. birthday coming up on the 19th, which is crazy yeah. because I have a younger sister. I got a younger brother. Their uh -huh. birthday, February 19th. Yes, so there's some love there between you. And then also, I know you see what's in the background right here. 
You see uh, the Phi Beta Sigma that's behind me right here. I know you're a, <laughs> a member of Kappa Alpha Psi. I was giving my man yeah. Scotty D uh, when we was talking earlier uh, a little crap about his fraternity. Uh, mm -hmm. But I know you, you, you like to carry that cane and you, you know, you're a <laughs> boy and everything. But uh, I, I yeah. always like to give love to my, my, my fraternity brothers for sure. And, Absolutely. Uh, happy early birthday for you, man, uh, 19th on the 19th. So y'all make sure y'all hit up my man, Kurt Morrison. Uh, make sure you make sure you give him a little happy birthday shout out uh, on February 19th coming up, bro. Appreciate, um, it, appreciate it. Obviously, you mentioned it three time first team all Mount West, two time Mount West. Defensive player of the year. My man was out there getting busy, 03 and 04. Uh, talk about San Diego State, man. What, what was the, the thing that got you over the hump? Because everybody goes through stuff throughout the career, and it right. looks like this dude did everything. Everything just rolled into uh, where it should be, and everything was perfect. But I know you went through some things that you had to overcome in college to help you become the player you are. Talk about some of those things that help you uh, get to the point where you are. I think just when I got to college, um, just the guys who I was, um, you know, around too. Um, I came to San Diego State with two other of my best friends, um, you know, guys who were in my wedding, but we all grew up together uh, in Oakland, California. Uh, we kind of made a pact and we decided to go to San Diego State together. And we can go to our individual universities, but, uh, you know, one of my best friends, Marvio Underwood. So, you know, while we taping this today is actually his birthday. Oh, so, man. you know, shout out to him. So um, him and then my other friend, Joshua Dean, um, you know, we were all from Oakland, man. We, we grew up playing Pop Warner football, baseball together. And it was like, man, it'd be pretty cool if all three of us went through this college experience together and leaned on each other. And so mm -hmm. honestly, it was that brotherhood that brought us to college together that was so infectious around us that, man, we people would gravitate to us, right? right. Because of we were all man, just where, where we grew up at from Oakland. It was like, Hey, you got to go out and get it. You know, yeah. nothing is going to be given to you. Everything is going to be earned. Yeah. And so when I got to college, our first couple of years, we were just grinding out, grinding it out and, you know, balling, doing what we had to do. And I remember after our freshman year, um, our coaches, you know, our coaching staff got fired. So they brought a whole new staff in and, you know, here I am. That was kind of like the moment that you mentioned, like the adversity was at the moment where, my linebacker coach my first two years was a guy who literally named Charlie Kent taught me how to tackle. Mm -hmm. Like people think tackling is you just run in and put your arms around somebody and bring them to the ground. Yeah. But he showed me how to tackle. I hated it, but man, boy, once I got older, and even when I got into the NFL, that's never had shoulder injuries, right? The reason why, because he showed me how to rotate my shoulder, rotate your arm because he blew his shoulder out and he didn't get a chance to go to the NFL. Yeah. And the dude, the, his mind was, you could see, you know, he played with Teddy Bruschi and those guys at Arizona. So he was part of that desert swarm defense. Yeah. And when he got let go, man, I was so hurt, you know, because I was like, man, I'm losing a piece of a guy who I was. So I'm hoping that the new coaching staff would bring him in. New coaching staff comes in, DJ, and next thing you know, I got a new linebacker coach. And we already kind of button heads because I was a freshman <laughs> All-American. So you yeah. can't tell me nothing, all right? Yeah, I, I got Use the awards. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, honorable yeah. mention already. I'm like, I'm ready to go put my thing up. Like, what, what, what you going to show me? <laughs> and, man, he showed me so much about football. Yeah. Like, he broke it down from a different way of, of the way I saw the game. Like he, that's where I, I learned, I had the instincts, but now I learned, he taught me why people are trying to block you this way and how you can disrupt the blocking. How can yeah. you disrupt the, 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 the count? 
And once I learned that, once I learned how offenses are trying to attack me, man, it it opened up Pandora's box to where you can see it, where you can just by your alignment, how you can mess things up or how you can set yourself up or how you can be one step ahead. So that was kind of the adversity I had because I had to buy into what he was teaching. Right. Plus I bought in, man, it was, it was beautiful. And then, like I said, my college career took off. And I'm glad you, you kind of pointed out some of the things that made you into the player you are, because a lot of people watch the game and they watch guys who play your position and like, all right, it's T-ball, hit ball. But right. uh-huh. you talk about some of the nuances of watching offensive linemen, watching, you know, how heavy they are, watching guys' eyes, watching yeah. tendencies, formations. And mm-hmm. it kind of shows that you guys are just as intelligent as the quarterback, as the receivers, the running backs, whatever it may be. So it's good that you brought that up because I know a lot of people look at you guys and say, all right, man, you see the ball and you go get it. But it's so much more uh, to that. Uh, obviously, we just talked about it. Had a great career, uh, San Diego State. You get a chance to go to the National Football League. Uh, where did you think you were going to go? And did you think you would be going to the hometown? Because I know what it's like. From Atlanta, born yeah. here in Georgia. Never thought I'd be playing for the Falcons, but got drafted by the home team. Same yeah. thing for you. Did you have a an idea that the Raiders wanted you and that you would actually get a chance to stay at the crib? Yeah, so I take it back real quick to my junior year in college. Um, that was probably my best year um, in college. Like, you know, you know, defensive player of the year, led the conference in tackles, just all that stuff, man. And yeah. so um, I had a decision to make. Do I come out early or stay in school? And I'm like, wow, I'm looking at the linebackers who are coming out, you know, John Vilma, DJ Williams. And I'm saying, mm-hmm. man, how do I stack up with those dudes coming out of Miami off a national championship? Right. I'm like, you know what? Let me see if I can stay one more year of school and hopefully elevate my draft stock, which I kind of feel like I did to a certain degree. But, you know, I stayed my senior year, but I wanted to play in the senior bowl and I played in the senior bowl. And so this kind of goes into your question was that the two coaches for the senior bowl were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and John Gruden. Mm-hmm. And on the other side that I was on, it was North Turner and the Oakland Raiders at the time. Mm. So I played on the North, on, on the North squad, which was the Oakland Raiders squad. Yeah. And so for that week was so instrumental for me because the linebacker coach for the Raiders was there. So I'm in his room, the defensive yeah. coordinator, he was, you no know, was there and I was picking his brain yeah. They got so I had a, a, a week long evaluation of who I was as a person, as a player, Man, but also cool. as the individual. Um, at the senior ball, I was voted a team captain. Man. So here I am playing. I, mean, I, I didn't go to a power five school, so I'm right. going with all these guys who went to all these big time power five schools, and yet the biggest honor for me was I was voted by them the team captain mm. to go out there for the coin toss and to lead amazing. them. And so from there on, I kind of had a, a, a hunch that the Raiders was going to draft me. It just depends on where they had, because they had, you know, a first round pick. They had a second round pick and they had two thirds. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, OK, they're going to draft me. So I had to wait around draft day come around. And it was, it was two days in the draft. So it was rounds one through three on day one and then rounds four through seven on day two. So I'm waiting, man. I'm waiting. Raiders, first round pick, they pick a corner. Second round pick, they pick a corner. Third round pick, they choose a quarterback. So I'm like, all right, my Raider dream is over. I'm done, <laughs> right? And I'm like, why am I still here in the third round? I knew right. I had played in the second round. And 
You hot bro. right there. I I'm know. hot. Stack notes. <laughs> and then a couple teams who I talked to after, like, man, because they actually, and it was great, they chose my fellow linebacker who came out early, and he mm. went ahead of me in the second round to a spot mm. that those coaches came and worked us both out. And obviously he got drafted, but it, it was no bitterness or nothing like that. It was all love. Like, I was happy for no him. Doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And but you, you were know, like, I should be in this spot. Yeah, I yeah. should be, I should be already gone. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, boom. Um, so I was done, man. I was like, I'm, I'm done with this. And then all of a sudden the Raiders had a second pick in the third round. Boom, they come swoop me up. And when they swoop me up, yeah, you know, I got drafted to the hometown team. Yeah. Uh, and it and it was love because for me, my family was already Raider fans. Mm-hmm. So I was already going to games. My dad was a season ticket holder from 95 when they moved back from L.A. So Man. I was a kid who sat in the stands, who envisioned one day, hopefully I would be a Raider. We'll see. <laughs> to finally running out that tunnel um, as a Raider, man, it was, it was it was great. It was a great, Man. you know, I spent five years there. Yeah. And uh, that's how the NFL started for me. Bro, that's a crazy story. And it's one that I think people can relate to because sometimes you think, Things should go one way, but God has a plan for you. And he's going to put you in the spot you're supposed <laughs> to be. And you end up going third round. But mm-hmm. I went back and looked at some of the numbers. Your first five years, 630 tackles in your first <laughs> five years. Let, 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 me just, let me just get the people the numbers right here. Rookie year, played in all 16 games, 116 tackles. Yeah. The next year, led the team with 126 tackles. Had a defensive touchdown, had two interceptions in that year. Mm-hmm. 07 season to come around. The first three games of the year, you had an interception in the first three games of the year, along with your boy mm-hmm. Thomas Howell, who had, you know, he had one going the first four games, but you led the team again, yeah. 120 tackles. The next year, 135 tackles, fifth in the league. 09, 133 tackles. Uh, and it says you played most of the year with a dislocated elbow? Yeah. Elbow was done. I had dislocated my elbow in training camp, man. man so I on. had to wear uh, a brace the whole entire season. What? And uh, but I was still putting in work. Like I said, I was putting on for the city too, though. Yeah, so it, it's different. For sure. It's different, man. Like, you know, it's one thing that you, you know, you worry about the guys around you on your team. Right. But now when you walk through the city and people are like, hey, man, what's going on? So, you man, know, Morrison on my back. I got to represent that name on the back too now. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And you did, you damn sure did that. I mean, yeah, six hundred thirty tackles in the first five years is crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, went on. You played for the Jags. You played for the Bills. Mm-hmm. Um, before we move on to life after ball, uh, most memorable. Uh, you got anything most memorable time in your time in Oakland, or was there a play? Was there a series? Was there something that you're most proud of during that time? Um, I think for me, it was just the experience. Um, I tell people I uh, I walked into a locker room my rookie year uh, with three Hall of Famers, right? With Randy Moss, Warren Sapp, and now newly inducted, who was my locker mate, Charles Woodson. Dang, and that's crazy. The 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 the, the, <laughs> the the knowledge that I got from those guys, and I tell people this was when remember Jordan Brand had kind of first started with the NFL. And Those three, yeah. All three of them was Jordan Brand. Yeah. Remember ooh, Warren yeah. Sapp? I mean, oh, you yeah. would, on Monday you would have thought we had a Michael Jordan factory in our locker room. And they, you right next to him, so you get right, all the good stuff. I'm getting all of the stuff. <laughs> I'm getting. Oh man, I'm getting. Uh, shoot, I I got a pair of Jordan 
13s in purple and white that Randy gave me once he got traded from Minnesota. I'm talking about player additions. And I said, man, Randy, I said, Randy, hey, man, and you got to think I'm a rookie. I said, man, them things cold on your feet. He literally said, I'm going to be right back. He worked out after he got done. He kicked them off his feet and said, you can have them. What? Nope. So I still have a pair of Randy Moss purple and white 13 edition. You ain't going to never see those player editions ever. That's so, nasty. Yeah. Ooh, that's I mean, goodness. But, I mean, but honestly, that was what my career was, man. It, yeah. Trust me, the highest of highs, obviously, you know, interceptions, tackles, being around, just the game was great. But the knowledge that I got from some of the great players that I played with, man, I just yeah. that 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 is really what I take away from a lot of my years in the NFL. Yeah. Now, Kurt, you're a guy who um I've told you this before, man. I got much respect for what you do now. Obviously. Uh, we all had careers in the National Football League, college, you know, but to be able to kind of transcend that and go to a different level now. Um, right. When did you know that broadcast, this career would be something that you thought is, hey, this is something that I could be good at? Because obviously you're excelling at it now. You got your hand in a couple of different things. Uh, you do the pre and post game for the Rams, you know, serious. I mean, you're calling games on Saturdays. You're calling some of the biggest games in college football. I mean, when did you know that this was going to be the career for you when football ended? My junior year of college. Okay. I called my first game my junior year of college as a color analyst. What? I was in college, and being that you mentioned some of the success I had as a collegiate, that meant that I had to be in front of the camera. You as a right. quarterback, you know how it is. You're in front of the camera literally every week, every day. After practice, you have your own little session. Yeah. And because I was that – you know, quote unquote star player, everybody would, I would have my own press conference every week right. and being in front of the camera helped me be comfortable. Right. And then to a point where I was like, man, I want to do this. I love doing this. I always loved the John Maddens and mm-hmm. Pat Summerall's. And I said, man, I would love to be a color commentator yeah. and being around it so much. I remember I told the people that was like our, you know, the San Diego state channel, that aired our game. I said, man, I would love to be a broadcast commentator. So I started interning when I was in college. Nice. And they said, hey, man, we got something. We, we, we got something we think you may like because you said you want to do it. Would you want to be a color analyst for our CIF high school championship? Wow. I said, no doubt. <laughs> Lock me in. Well, but remember, they couldn't pay me. So for them, it was like they're getting some <laughs> free much. labor. Yeah. You know what I mean? But <laughs> But for me, they had no idea. It was helping that, you too. Yeah. But it was actually unleashing. It was unlocking what I wanted to do for the rest of my career. I mean, what right. I wanted to do right later on in life. So, I called my first game my junior year of college. Wow. And it was, and it was, it, I knew I wanted to do that after the NFL. Man, that's unbelievable, man. Before we let you get out of here, bro. Obviously, you. I talked about it. You got the pre and post game with the Rams. You, you you've mm-hmm. been, you know, got your finger on that for a long time now. Talk about. Uh, obviously, the big deal, golf is gone. Stafford comes to L.A. Everybody's saying the Rams are going to be in the Super Bowl next year. What were your thoughts on Stafford coming as well as golf leaving uh, that organization? Well, I think the biggest thing was this. Jared Goff was the number one overall pick. Right. But I always tell folks, and I think, DJ, you can speak to this as well. You're only someone's guy as long as they're there. Right. And when they are gone – you ultimately either have to prove yourself over again or guys are going to get that guy. And I say that because Jared Goff was drafted by a different head coach, Jeff Fisher. 
But because of the investment that was spent on Jared Goff, the, the people who are there, whether it's his defensive coordinator, whether I mean, sorry, whether it was his general manager, like they have to keep Jared. They had to make it work. And yeah. they had to make it work. And so when McVay came in, it was about fixing Jared Goff. And for the first two years, he was able to do that. But people forget along that staff with Jared, I mean, with uh, with McVay in the beginning was Matt LaFleur. Mm. Obviously, he's the head coach in Green Bay. Green Bay yeah. Well, then also he had Zach Taylor. Well, Zach Taylor, we know, is the head coach in Cincinnati. Those uh, two coaches that were instrumental in Jared Goff being Jared Goff, to me, were no longer there. Yeah. Those were kind of the middleman for Jared. Right. Didn't work out for him. And so the last two years, Jared's his, his decision-making for me was something that he really needed to fix. Yeah. Like his decision-making – it was very poor and we mm -hmm. had seen his better games. And so when they rewarded him with the contract after the 2018 season, I don't fault the Rams. And I don't mm -hmm. want people to say, why'd they pay him? Well, they paid him off the success that the team was having. And also him, he was having yeah, great yeah. success. He was the guy, but in decision-making, you still have to find a way that with a championship level defense that they have currently with the guys that they have this team is Super Bowl ready, and the only position that was holding them back mm. was the quarterback position. Mm. So they bring in Matthew Stafford because they think this is an upgrade at that position. Right. They believe that what Matthew Stafford can do, not and this is where they brought in Matthew Stafford for this reason, if you ask me. Jared Goff was great on rhythm, on time, and on scheme. Mm-hmm but he could not do anything when he was off schedule when off down. schedule. Yeah. When the stuff broke down, his decision-making went down into the gutter. Yeah. Whereas that when you look at Matthew Stafford, he may be one of the best quarterbacks that we've he seen. had to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he had to turn. A lot. <laughs> so he had to make those plays off schedule. Yeah. Right. And yeah. outside of Calvin Johnson, obviously it's been difficult for him at times, but he still has been successful in this league. So, right. I think you bring in a guy who can also give McVay some pushback, which I love to see as well, because these guys are almost right there in age, almost. No doubt, yeah. Where Jared was a little young puppy, you know what I mean? And, you know, he's a yes, sir, no, sir. Okay, yeah, okay, yes, yeah, I'll do that, I'll do that. Where I think Stafford can tell him, look, hey, nah, bro, uh-uh, that ain't working. Nah, no, no, no. Take mm. that out. Take that out mm. when you're running that. Nah, yeah. that defensive end make $15 million a year. We ain't going to be able to block him. <laughs> All right, so let's not try to run a bootleg around him. Let how about we do this? Or how about we throw this screenplay? How about now you see the looks? And Stafford has seen so many looks that I think is going to help McVay in certain situations. I mean, yeah. to me, one of the most damning things I've always seen with a quarterback is that on third and seven, and, a quarter, and, and the coach calls a draw play or a run play. That, to me, sometimes tells me you don't have faith in the quarterback that on a, a critical situation – yeah. You don't trust him. I'm right. talking about in the red zone, which happened right. to McVay a lot, that they right. settle for field goals. No, nah, man, keep that foot on the gas. Right. And I think that's what Stafford brings, man. He brings an element to the offense that allow them to not only keep their foot on the gas, but I think Matthew Stafford elevates the players around him, yeah. which I think for Jared Goff and the price tag that he was at, he never truly elevated the guys around him. Yeah. And I think that's something that we'll see for Matthew Stafford. Man, we appreciate the insight, bro, because I tell you, Stafford's a guy who had one in his whole entire Toya career, had a, 
uh, 1,000 yard rusher one time, and Reggie Bush had a That's top it. 10 defense only mm -hmm. one time, and they went 11 and 5. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see, man. You're hey, going to be right DJ, there in the center of it, man. Hey, make sure you say that a little louder for the people in the back because people <laughs> people always put it on the quarterback. But I said, you tell me who the last running back. I mean, and you mentioned it was Reggie Bush, but he yeah. doesn't have that consistent thousand yard. Remember, they drafted Eric Ebron and he couldn't no catch a cold, right? You know what no I'm doubt. saying? Like, Calvin Johnson retired. He's yeah. been through three coaches there, right? We go yeah. from Jim Schwartz to Jim Caldwell, Matt Patricia, like – there's a reason. And I don't like to bring, I don't give excuses. I give reasons. I'm wrong with that. <laughs> I like that. That's how we're going to yeah. end it right there. No excuses, straight reasons. Mm -hmm. And my dog, Kurt, came through and gave us some straight fire. Hey, man, we appreciate the time, man. I know you're super busy. Got oh, a lot man. going on. But uh, I know a lot of people going to be really excited to hear what you got to say, man. We appreciate you joining us here on the Triple Threat Podcast. Y'all make sure y'all follow man at Kurt Morrison. You can catch him on Sears. You watching the Rams, he's gonna be all over there, and you can catch yeah. him on Saturdays for show, calling some of the biggest college football games of the year. Hopefully, we'll be back with a uh, full stadiums in the in the upcoming future, man. But we appreciate you, Kirk, man. Hey, man, free agency coming too. I'm coming back. All right, free agency <laughs> starting up, man. I'm coming back, so you be ready for me. All right, we all right, man. You, talk about you, you and JJ Watt. Y'all gonna find some way to go. We're gonna be all good to go, man. Oh man, here you go. All right, brother. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right, man. Appreciate y'all joining us on the Triple Threat Podcast. We'll see y'all next week. Deuces. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.